Wu, who is chairman of Zhenrong Bao. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's have a final look at the markets uh, for this morning. First of all, over in Australia now, the SX200 is pretty well flat. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan also losing a little bit of its gains, up about uh, 0.4% at the moment. Uh, over in South Korea, uh, the Cosby is up 1%. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to open more or less flat in an hour's time. In the commodities market, Brent crude oil trading at $41.81 a, uh, a barrel. Gold is at $1,862 an ounce. That's it from me this morning. Do please stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse coming up in just a moment. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy with a few showers. The maximum temperature is going to be about 29 degrees, but there will be some thunderstorms later. And the outlook is for occasional showers in the next couple of days. It's 27 degrees right now, 84% relative humidity. 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. The New York Times says it's obtained President Trump's tax records stretching back two decades, which it says reveal chronic financial losses and years of tax avoidance. Every U.S. president since the 1970s has released their tax returns prior to being elected, but Donald Trump has fought to keep his private. Speaking at the White House, Mr. Trump dismissed the report and said he'd be proud to show his records when his returns were no longer under audit by the Internal Revenue Service. It's totally fake news, made up fake we went through the same stories. You could have asked me the same questions four years ago. I had to litigate this and talk about it. Uh, totally fake news. No, actually, I paid tax. but And you'll see that as soon as my tax returns. It, it's under audit. They've been under audit for a long time. The IRS does not treat me well. U.S. Democratic Party presidential candidate Joe Biden has again appealed to Republican senators not to rush to confirm Donald Trump's Supreme Court nominee before the presidential poll in November. At a news conference, he urged them to, as he put it, step back from the brink. Just because you have the power to do something doesn't absolve you of your responsibility to do right by the American people. Uphold your constitutional duty. Summon your conscience. Stand up for the people. Stand up for our cherry system of checks and balances. Americans are voting, and we must listen to them now. Mr. Biden said President Trump's aim in trying to push through the nomination of a conservative judge, Amy Conan Barrett, was to scrap health care legislation passed under President Obama. The United States has joined Russia and the UN in calling for an immediate ceasefire between Armenia and Azerbaijan in the disputed territory of Nagorno-Karabakh. Yesterday saw the worst clashes in the region for many years. The US State Department said rhetoric that could ramp up the violence had to end. Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan has warned the risk of the risk of full-scale war. Officials in the breakaway region, which is controlled by ethnic Armenians, say 16 soldiers have been killed. Azerbaijan has also reported deaths. Speaking at the Vatican, Pope Francis raised his concerns about the situation. There have been worrying reports about clashes in the Caucasus. I've prayed for peace in the region and asked the parties in conflict to make concrete gestures of goodwill and brotherhood that can lead to the resolution of problems, not with the use of force and weapons, but through dialogue and negotiation. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverson, your co-host today, Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today, not Disneyland and supermarket coupons. On Wednesday, the government decided not to extend an option for Disney to buy a 60-hectare site next to the park. Disney says it's extremely disappointed that the government has ended the option for it to buy the adjacent piece of land in Penny's Bay. So what should happen now to the site? Various proposals have come up. Moving Ocean Park, building houses, sports facilities. What do you think? And are you happy with the state of Disneyland as it reopens? After 9.15, we're going to be joined by the Chief Executive of the Consumer Council to discuss discounts versus cash coupons and a lucky draw by the supermarket chains. Let us know your thoughts on either of these topics by leaving a message on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. By emailing us backchat at rthk.hk or by calling us and our telephone number is 233-88266 you are very welcome 233-88266 is the number we're going to be talking in a moment for this first part of the program uh, on Disneyland to uh, David Webb chief editor of uh, website.com and Paul Zimmerman CEO of Designing Hong Kong once again if you want to comment backchat at rthk.hk just before we get to uh, today's topic a few emails relating to discussions um Last week, uh, David F. I have to apologise to David F. because he did send an email and I missed it. Uh, so um, yeah, um, just my apologies. Um, there's nothing wrong with the email. This is what it says. Uh, this is from David F. A task force reviewing the local school curriculum is calling for a major overhaul of the liberal studies subject, including stripping out discussion of current affairs. The task force concluded that secondary students aren't mature enough to have a solid understanding of the problems from multiple perspectives, unquote, and appreciate all the complexities at hand. In contrast, secondary schools in the United Kingdom actively encourage discussion on current affairs, and young persons can join the army at the age of 16. Those at the age of 15 years and seven months are, continue, are considered mature enough to make an application to join the army. So whereas the 16-year-old worldly soldiers in the UK trained to protect queen and country, their 16-year-old Hong Kong molly-coddled counterparts are considered by the task force to be incapable of discussing <laughs> world affairs or making any positive contribution to society. I really fear for this generation of Hong Kong youth and their future. That's from uh, David F. Larry says, I enjoyed the discussion on police and journalism last Thursday. Annie Healy Fenton asked some very good questions as a real media pro. The two media studies universities academics sounded rather clueless. I agree with some of the listeners' comments about the shortcomings of the Hong Kong Journalists Association, which is unable to self-regulate and sadly this does not bode well for the reputation of their industry. The discussions exposed the over-the-top bias of Tom Grundy and the cluelessness of Chris Young as to how the industry could regulate itself by preventing the bad elements such as fake journalists from hijacking the industry and turning it into a circus for teens. That is from Larry. And uh, finally, Leslie-Anne says uh, in an email, please can you ask someone in government how many people actually go on to test positive within their 14-day quarantine period after testing negative at the airport? And if they do test positive, in which week is it, the first or second one? The reason I'm asking is that I suspect the numbers who subsequently turn positive are incredibly low, and I would assume it would be within the first week rather than the second. If this is indeed the case, the government could consider shortening the 14-day quarantine period to seven days and then administer another COVID test uh, after then uh, end of day six, with the result being through on day seven. If the candidates are still negative after a week and their second test, they could be free to come out of quarantine. This would encourage travel enormously and in turn help the airline and tourist industries, which are badly in need of help. That comes from Leslie Ann. Thank you very much indeed for that. Back chat at rthk.hk. 
Uh, David Webb, good morning to you. Morning. Thank you for joining us uh, once again. Good to, good to talk to you. Uh, what do you think should happen to this site? Well, I think you've got to look at it holistically. I don't think we need two theme parks in Hong Kong. It's debatable whether we, whether we even needed one. Um, the um, original one is Ocean, is, uh, Ocean Park. Uh, if you close down the whole of Disneyland there, you free up not just the 60-hectare extension site, but 280 hectares in total. And if you were to develop that at a modest plot ratio of about five, allowing for the fact that not all of it can be developed, you'd need roads and fire stations and police stations and so on, um, you'd still have uh, about 150 million square feet. If you were to sell that uh, in the open market, it would be worth about um, $5,000 per square foot gross of land premiums. So that's $750 billion, uh, which would be twice what we've just spent on uh, um, the, the COVID schemes. And it would help to repay things like the Shenzhen Express Rail Link and the road bridge to Macau. And, um, uh, and, and you'd have room for perhaps at 150 million square feet, not packing them in too densely, perhaps 500,000 people, which is far more than a population growth we expect in the next 20 years or so. It's, it's growing very slowly now. Um, so, uh, you know, and it's a flat piece of land. Uh, Ocean, Ocean Park is a very um, mountainous uh, site. Uh, it's got cable cars to deal with that and tunnels and so on. It's, it's difficult to develop on its own. I would keep that um, and, and, uh, and redevelop uh, Disney. And they can buy back the Disneyland site um, based on its current usage, which is as a theme park. As a theme park, it loses money nearly every year, so the land isn't worth very much. They only paid for the reclamation cost, and that's roughly what they should get adjusted for inflation if, if we bought it back, which was a few billion Hong Kong dollars. Um, and uh, so, so, so I would uh, kick them all out. And you've got an MTR line already running there, so that's good. You don't have to build a new one. Uh, you've, got, you've got mass transit already available. You could probably expand that a bit and put some bus lines in, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's what I would do with with the Disney site. And then you know the the, the whole uh, question of public versus private and so on needs to be rethought. Uh, the government just needs to provide uh, rental uh, vouchers for those in Hong Kong who can't afford to rent a place. Um, and then let the free market function on the ownership of the landlords of property. The government doesn't need to be their landlord as well, which ca causes all sorts of tensions and results in stupid things like no means testing after the age of 60 and no requirement to get out of a large unit when your children leave home and apply for their own units, which has resulted okay, in... OK, David, we have to stop you before you yeah. solve all our problems. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mike? Um, well, no, David, I think one of the options would be OK, let's scrap the whole of Disneyland, um, which yeah. I think is where you are yeah. there. But you would keep Ocean Park um, because it's more popular than Disneyland? Well, I would only, only if it could be made viable. And that's, that's another question. But, you know, there, there are arguments about economic externalities. Uh, that having a theme park helps to attract m marginal numbers of extra tourists to Hong Kong who then spend money in the shops and restaurants as well. Uh, I've never been quite persuaded that that's the best use of our capital and our land. Um, but uh, I think that's a sort of separate question to the one you're asking me now, which is what should we do about that big vacant site? And, and you see, if you keep Disneyland open, then they're going to whinge about only keeping low-rise developments so that people in the park don't lose the sort of suspension of reality when they, when they go in uh, and they can't see tower blocks looming over them from the other side of the uh, avenue. Uh, so, so it restricts what you can do with the vacant site unless yes. you close down the first one. The The... 
when we looked at this strategically, and I'm, I'm sort of reaching should, should back I, now should, more than 20 years. We, the government. <laughs> yeah, shall I just explain, sorry, for people who are not up to, sure. uh, up to speed, that Mike was involved, you were the chief negotiator for the government, uh, involved in the deal that was struck between the government and, and Disney. When and the, when I the was the first was commissioner up. for tourism in yeah. the middle of that. And indeed, you, 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 you know what's in the agreement that none of us have actually seen. It's, it's still a secret agreement in terms of the royalties that Disney gets. And uh, I don't think it is. Uh, it uh, went to Expo the whole and Co in November 1999. No, only, only selected extracts. They never disclosed the whole agreement. And I asked for it and was told it was commercially sensitive and I couldn't get it. Uh, and it never has been disclosed. They, they've leaked out various bits, but you know what? What you know in terms of the formula for royalties and uh, creaming off of the top and management fees and so on, uh, we, we only know part of that equation. Uh, and uh, remember, of course, this wasn't tendered. We didn't invite all the op theme park operators, Universal Studios, and uh, whoever right. else might want to. I'm glad you raised this because one of the things that we did, uh, as from the tourism perspective, was we identified that if people came to Hong Kong anyway, they might go to Ocean Park. But nobody came to Hong Kong in order to go to Ocean Park. It wasn't sufficiently outstanding. So it's a nice park. Right. I, I've been there. But it, it wasn't a tourist draw. Whereas something like uh, a Disneyland, which has a name, which what has a What makes you think that's a tourist draw? I mean... And, Sorry, you're applying 20 years of experience back, which we didn't have then. We looked at theme parks around the world, and of the 10 at that time, Disney ran, I think, eight or nine. So there was no question about who ran the most popular theme parks in the world. It wasn't a question. Um, Universal, yes, is another famous brand, and whenever... Disney said they were going to go to Shanghai or Singapore. Uh, we said, well, that's okay. We have a nice site in mind. We give it to uh, Universal. But that was a bluff on both sides. They wanted to be in Hong Kong. Yeah, but the point we is we, we, we traditionally do these things by open tender. That was the same budget, by the way, it was Donald Jung, the financial secretary then under Tung Chi Wah. Right. It was the same budget in which they announced a no-tender development of uh, of what is now the cyberport, but if you're uh, going and, and you know they didn't open that to to bids either. So it was just a, a period a when they. Thought I understand why you're aggrieved with the cyberport, and I perhaps share some of your grief. But the anyway, when we were looking at you're, you're, you're mentally park, wedded to a deal that you negotiated. But I'm just saying it's still that's a fair comment. Um, you know, yes. and you were known affectionately as Mickey Mickey Rouse at the time. I um, was known as Mickey Mouse my whole life, actually. Uh, uh, but but um, you know, we are we are now looking back and knowing yes. that this thing didn't work out. It doesn't draw in that many additional tourists, and the ones it does draw in probably don't spend that much anyway. They're low budget tourists. Is that the best use of our work labour force and land uh, supply in Hong Kong? You know, the the. the the argument of externalities is always applied with, with projects that aren't going to make money, like the bridge or, or whatever. Um, and, and it usually falls flat on its face when you stand it up to can scrutiny. I, can I step in? Can't, can't we have both, though? Because this land is 
conveniently pretty much split in two, like an apple. And you have half of it for Disneyland and you have half of it for some other development. Which Actually, it's about, about 200. what and, we're talking about this morning. Yeah, the, the Disneyland so you can half. both have what you want. The Disneyland side is massive and it constrains what you can do with the other side because of their... Unless you uh, forget that it, and say it's OK uh, to have tower blocks. It does constrain it. There are, there are, there are yeah. limitations. Paul Zimmerman, uh, right. yes. what, 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 what's your reading of this? Yeah, no, this what would you do with this site? I think this is going to be a boring morning because we, uh, I, I totally agree with uh, David Webb on the, the opportunity of this site. We've got a, 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 a we'll real, we've got a, no, you're not going to change my mind on this one. We've got a good rail station there, uh, and, uh, we've got some, uh, a very good road infrastructure there. We've got proximity to the airport. Um, th this is a good piece of land to, to develop. And if the, the, uh, the Disneyland, if you keep it to the current size, it's, it's basically the world, it's, it's the mini Disneyland around the world it is it's it's uh, it's it's not spectacular in the, in that sense it's a it's a very small one uh, you're now not going to expand it you have agreed on that already and it has a restrictive governance on the development of, of the land next door to it so if you want to get the best out of this uh, out of this site um, then why not redevelop the entire um, uh, area what and then and that demand that is there for theme park type of activities can easily be catered for an ocean park now, I have an interest there. I'm the vice chairman of the, uh, of the Southern District Council. Ocean Park is part of, uh, part of our area, uh, and uh, we believe that uh, we, we like to see um, jobs uh, saved in the Southern District, and we like to see the uh, Ocean Park uh, survive and, um, and, be, and, and be enjoyed by people. Why not move Ocean Park to the adjacent site at Disneyland mm -hmm. and create a tourism hub. Well, I mean, then you do not have the synergy effects that you that you can have with an ocean park. So the current idea is that ocean park is to open it up um, to kind of get rid of the toll gate at the at uh, at the station, but that you can enjoy the park as a whole and that you pay as you go for each of the different attractions. That would open it up more to um, integration with the rest of the district. Uh, so no, I think that we have a much better plan for ocean park coming. Well, up. it's never been viable. It's just asking for more government money. Yes. And it keeps being closed. That's the other problem. But well, I mean, assuming we get past that, let, let's, they, let's they let just, it stay let's open. Just, yeah, no, for now we have to make an assumption that, that, that there is a future for, uh, for these kind of large uh, public gathering facilities. But when it, when it had a water park as part of it, it didn't work, it was closed, and now apparently the saving grace is to build the water park again. It's a, it's a very different water park, and it's and it's going to be open up. It's going to be in a fantastic uh, facility. Very soon, isn't it? End of this year. No, and it's going to be a fantastic facility that's going to be out there uh, at the at Aberdeen Harbour. And yeah, for, yeah so we're making a nice. All have to make an assumption. We're going to get past COVID. We're going to get it back to an opportunity to hang out with each other and and have fun in 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 things like theme parks. Um, and if even on that basis, um, you know, do we need two in Hong Kong? Do we have enough? With one, and then and, and Ocean Park, as, as David has pointed out, is a very difficult to develop piece of land. It's a very oh, very I'm sorry. We have bulldozers. It's a very easily developed piece of land. You could do it. You could, you could sculpt it like mid-levels in terraced, uh, you know, cut, yes. cut it away and do that. But you could have three Taiku okay. Shings on so, the so site we, with room left. Now we've got a fight between... It's, it's steeper. Park. It's steeper. But, the, the but don't forget, the, the, this, this attracting tourist thing has slightly been diluted by the fact that our main tourism base is from the mainland, and they now have a much bigger Shanghai Disneyland to go to if they're that keen on Disney. Well, in the south, they have Hengqin Island, which has... Fabulous theme parks, um, mm. including amazing water theme park, 
which, if I were given a choice, I would go to rather than Ocean Park. So you would close down both then? No, no, no. So you want to keep Disney because you were involved in it. I like Disney very much. And as you mentioned, (laughs) having Mickey Mouse as a name associates me with a park. I would move Ocean Park to the site next how, door. How many times have you okay. been to, to All Disneyland? Right. I was there last Friday. Okay. Also, I go once a month if I can. All right. Also with us are, are, are uh, Brian King, for, who's Associate Dean and Professor in the School of Hotel and Tourism Management at the Polytechnic University, and uh, John App, Visiting Professor at the Institute for Tourism Studies in Macau, former Professor of Tourism at the Polytechnic University. Uh, professor King, uh, good morning to you. Uh, what, what do you think should happen to this site, first of all? Well, I think what uh, the, the site immediately adjacent to Disney needs to be compatible with uh, how Disney is. I think that particular precinct is nicely landscaped, it's green, uh, and it's quite tranquil. So I, I think that essence, uh, and it's part of the non-intrusion uh, principle that was part of the original uh, proposal to, to Legislative Council. So I think that whatever goes there uh, needs to be compatible. Now, that's probably going to be something recreational. I think it needs to serve the needs of the Hong Kong population uh, as much as, uh, and, pr- and maybe more than the visitors. So, and then it needs to fit in with the overall uh, appeal of, of Lantau. Uh, okay, uh, so what sort of thing would work there? What sort of use? Uh, well, many things have been talked about for Lantau. We've heard about aviaries, we've heard about zoos, we've heard about uh, other theme parks, we've heard about uh, uh, spa retreats, uh, all kinds of concepts. But I don't think the, the government is really close to having uh, the concept which is going to, to fit. So I think there's a long way to go with the discussions. And, and in the government's blueprint, they're talking about beyond 2022 resolving uh, the, the uses of land tower. So I think a holistic approach uh, needs to be taken. Let's not jump to what should go there now. Is there a long-term future for, or a medium-term future for, for t- tourism in Hong Kong? It's uh, hard to see, isn't it? Well, this is certainly a reality check. I mean, the original plan uh, was to have, you know, a second or third theme park. Uh, That's clearly not going to happen. Uh, Both Disney and Ocean Park attracted last year about 5.7 million. And as Mike has said, uh, Chimelong is already doing 11 million. So it's not just Hong Kong. uh, It's not just uh, Shanghai Disney. It's also uh, Greater Bay Area. And also the Macau integrated resorts are, are coming on fast. So I think this is a is a reality check for uh, Hong Kong. We need to rethink what the tourism uh, appeal of the overall destination. We need to diversify. Um, now, Disney is, uh, has got diversification happening. I believe that the current site potentially uh, could handle 10 million visitors. So there's, there seems to be adequate uh, scope for expansion on the existing site without the second one. So the original aspiration hasn't been met. Uh, and certainly is unlikely to be for a long time. So you haven't really come up with an idea for the second half. Here's, here, here's one. Why, why don't we do something for the adults and build casinos on the other, uh, the open piece of land there? Low-rise, low-rise casinos won't interfere with the view from Disney. The adults can go, most of them, to the casino. One of them can go and look after the kids at Disneyland. Um, and it's a win-win situation. You've got leisure all over the site then. Um, 
you know, of course, I'm suggesting something that the, that the central government wouldn't allow because they protect Macau with its casino monopoly. But assuming that they let that go, because Macau's now talking about opening a stock exchange, um, <laughs> you know, and going into competition with Hong Kong, then why, why don't we open casinos and put them all on the uh, uh, Disneyland extension site? We could make well, this is, this is part of the vision for Lantau, you know, the, uh, not, not the casinos, I should stress. So it, it's about looking at competitive advantage as well as catering to the local community. And it's very evident that Macau is specializing in casinos. And then uh, Henshin Island has got huge plans as the Orlando of, of China. So this that's right next to Macau. Yeah, yeah. Through about what... Uh, What's our vision for Lantau? The, the, the um, Henshin Island is right next to Macau, so they're, they're combining um, theme parks and casinos. Why can't we? Okay, well, let's, yeah. call, well, uh, okay, let's call on John App now. Instead uh, <laughs> of visiting for us at the Institute of Tourism Studies in, Ma in I'm Macau. I'm a bit mischievous here. Uh, John, good morning to you. Thanks for, right, good morning. for, for joining good us. All right. Uh, uh, you know, what do you think is, uh, what would you like to see done at this site? What do you think might actually realistically happen? Well, I, I think we, we need to look in the context of, um, you know, what is the overall strategy for, you know, tourism in Hong Kong? And, you know, certainly I, I concur with uh, Professor King that uh, you need to, you know, set aside this area as a tourism hub. And I, I think that Hong Kong needs to be uh, much more visionary in terms of the diversification of the tourism products that will be available. And certainly, yes, uh, it's, it's sad and uh, somewhat uh, disappointing that uh, the original plan that Disney had to build a second park is, is not coming to fruition uh, for a whole number of reasons. But, Dave, I, I think we need to think carefully in terms of tourism infrastructure uh, for Hong Kong. And if you look at the you know, blueprint for tourism in Hong Kong, it doesn't tell me much and it doesn't give me much confidence. So my perspective, it lacks uh, vision. Um, in terms of, you know, whether you should um, you know, want a casino there, uh, I don't think uh, the, the Penny Bay site would be the, the, the best site. Uh, I would have concurred with uh, James Tien uh, back years ago when he suggested that you know, Hong Kong should have a casino. If they had a casino, it should have been in the West Kowloon Cultural District uh, to, to bring people in and to enliven things up. In, in addition, uh, I think the Hong Kong government made a, a faux pas in not uh, locating the cruise, international cruise terminal um, uh, alongside the, the West Kowloon Cultural District you know, by having a casino and a um, international cruise terminal, you could have brought a lot of activity and, and life there. So uh, that, that's my take on things. The, the thing about the, uh, the debate, you know, concerning the you know, financial feasibility and profitability of our parks in Hong Kong, um, you, you unfortunately need to consider the externalities. So in terms of, you know, what's the multiplier effect, etc. And you know, do you regard, you know, having a you know, theme park attraction as a part of your tourism infrastructure, you know, where... Right, for the, the benefit of the public in terms of enhancing their quality of life and as well as you know, uh, providing an additional uh, product for tourists to, to visit. This, these are the things that we need to consider. So, yes, you can look at purely financial terms, but is it going to 
you know, meet other you know, longer-term objectives. Uh, well, I think what uh, John is saying is, in fact, very similar to the thinking process from 20-odd years ago, that Hong Kong at that time had a tourism industry and wanted to grow its tourism industry. We were already a, a top choice for business uh, travellers. We were a reasonably serious choice for adult visitors. What we were not was a first choice for family tourists. And the thinking at that time was that having a branded theme park of world-class standard would make us for the first time um, a first choice destination for families throughout Southeast Asia and Southern China. Hmm. So that, as I mentioned right at the outset, People who but now came there are theme parks everywhere, right? So well, so, yeah. The, well, yes. You're, what you're saying is it's time for an overall review of tourism as an industry in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's fine. By Brian King, does it still hold true? Could we still, you know, make money as a destination for families? Uh, yes. I mean, I think the if Disney can get up to, to to ten million, for example, and that will depend on. Uh, visitors coming through the infrastructure, then I think it has, you know, viability at that uh, kind of level. As many others have said, it is the smallest Disney uh, park worldwide. So that creates some challenges. It's kind of a boutique uh, scale. Um, I think that's okay for Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong should not try to replicate uh, what uh, Henshin Island has got. I mean, they're planning 100,000 rooms there. They're planning three new theme parks. So the scale is vast. I, I think the vision has to uh, be maybe more modest for tourism in, in Hong Kong, uh, fitting within the wider uh, range of industries that we've got. Okay. Well, what do you think? Uh, drop us a line. Bankchatter.hk.hk. We say goodbye to the moment. Thank you very much indeed to Professor Brian King from the Polytechnic University and uh, John App, former professor there and now visiting professor at the Institute for Tourism Studies in Macau. Later we're also going to be talking about the uh, what to do with the supermarkets and the supermarket vouchers with the chief executive of the Consumer Council. Once again, we want to hear from you. The weather, mainly cloudy with a few showers, maximum temperature about 29 degrees today with some isolated thunderstorms around later and the outlook occasional showers in the next couple of days. 27 degrees at the moment and the relative humidity is at 83%. Casa migrant camp near the city. The camp houses 3,000 asylum seekers and has been in quarantine for the past three weeks following growing concern about the spread of the disease. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back, Bank Chat, on a Monday morning of this uh, short week with Mike Rouse and Miku Chiverson. We're talking about uh, what to do with the site. Uh, next to uh, Disneyland, uh, there was an option for uh, Disney to uh, develop it, and that's now uh, uh, lapsing. Uh, so uh, we've got a bit of uh, prime land, flat prime land, next to uh, an MTR. What should be done on it? There are certain restrictions, uh, it seems. Uh, we're mulling it over this morning with uh, Paul Zimmerman, CEO of Designing Hong Kong, and David Webb, Chief, exec- uh, Chief Editor of Website.com. Later, we're also going to be talking about the controversy over the uh, supermarkets, the supermarkets who have 
been re- uh, enjoying a uh, subsidy for uh, keeping on staff, even though they haven't been suffering under COVID, have now said that they'll return some of the benefit uh, in the form of uh, uh, vouchers, uh, but they will be made available through a lucky draw. And Gilly Wong for Wong, the chief executive of the uh, Consumer Council, is not happy about that. Your thoughts are on all the topics, of course. Welcome, backchat at rthk.hk, our Facebook page, backchat and rthk radio 3, our telephone number 233-88266. David is particularly uh, upset by this. Uh, David says, uh, uh, yep, uh, close down Disneyland and the majority of Hong Kong people don't go there because it's too expensive to take your kids and the neighbours' kids, especially when the food is expensive. Uh, and is it fair to let Hong Kong people pay for a white elephant? As regards to housing, do we need to feed the construction industry anymore, particularly in that region? We want fresh air. Maybe David knows how many vacant flats there are in Hong Kong. That would sort out the housing situation. Also says, forget tourism. Let's have the budget respent on vitalising the manufacturing industry. Uh, then business tourists with real money will come. And uh, his final suggestion, uh, we need another shopping centre the size of Sha Tin full of electronic components, just like they have in China, then we can get on and be productive in Hong Kong on the electronic and technology scene. And uh, Din says, totally agree with David and Paul that we should out Disneyland and develop the whole site and cancel the ludicrous Lantau reclamation plan. Ocean Park can be expanded by giving them the adjacent police college site. The police college can be relocated to Sekong or any other former British Army camp with the blessing of the PLA. That's a suggestion from Din. Once again, backchat at rthk.hk. David Webb, it's quite fun to sort of play this. You know, we can move this here. Lots of creative ideas, yeah. I know, and things like this. But it's very expensive, and to be honest, it's not not really going to happen. And the point about Disneyland is, to be honest, if you close Disneyland, that would send a very, very bad message to the no. world, wouldn't it? That uh, no, it would say like that we recognise our failures and we move on, right? We, we, we recognise after 20 years... They've that never closed. I mean, they've never closed anywhere. Uh, yeah, Lychee Cock Amusement Park closed on no, its no, own. No, it Disney, was private, I Disney believe. Disney is never... Disney hasn't closed. Uh, not yet, but there's always a first, right? We don't have to... Disney is not some immortal corporation that you have to respect, honour, and, you know, it's not... It's not something it that deserves is. a free ride. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't deserve a free ride. So, so um, and it didn't in the first place. Mm. It didn't have to compete for that site. It paid nothing, basically, uh, except the cost of sand in the, in the water. Uh, and, uh, and don't forget that this is not just a Disney park. It's 57% owned by the Hong Kong government. So not, they no, are the majority uh, shareholder. Yes, no, that, that's a very valid point. It's actually now 52-48, I think. But, right. it, but it was 57-43 at the beginning. No, that's right, because and we converted it, our... our um, uh, debt into equity when, we've, when it became right. clear we weren't going to be paid back. And the option, by the way, did not belong to Disney. The option yeah. belonged to the joint venture company yeah. of which the Hong Kong SAR government is the majority shareholder. So they've decided as the majority not to exercise the option that they had? Uh, no, no or... I don't think they've actually decided that either. What Actually, under the agreement, some of the details of which are still Confidential. With me, no, with me <laughs> after 20 years. I've forgotten many Go of on, them. Go on, do tell. <laughs> the... The uh, option exercisable was conditional on certain performance yeah. uh, measures. Well, it was being, described being as five years automatic option, which is very strange because either it's extended or it isn't. No, uh, it, it, uh, whatever. I'm time. not defending the hmm. uh, decision of last week. I'm not sure it was a decision. 
The fact is that the performance measures were not achieved. Yeah. And therefore the option... I think that was for the second five-year options. There were two five-year options, one of which was described as being automatic, which was strange because it sounds like a 25-year option. If it's Uh, it's, automatic, it's not an option. Yeah. Yes. Uh, So so, um, then the second one was performance-linked. Are they both performance-linked? I don't know, because it's never been published. But but, uh, anyway, for whatever reason, the government now says that's that, and Disney isn't quibbling over the fact that they can do that. Uh, they're not threatening to litigate. That's right. They're, they're not so. happy about it, though. They have this sort of issue yeah. is, is covered in the shareholders' agreement, which we've never seen either. But but um, you know, presumably they don't want to make trouble uh, with with the mainland and Shanghai. So if the Hong Kong government says the option is now going to expire, shut up, they will do so. Hmm. Uh, otherwise, they'll be in trouble up north. And I'm not sure you, but if, if you're going to ask the public in Hong Kong whether they're happy or they're unhappy, I mean, it's been very very clear that the public in hong kong really doesn't want cheap tourism bouncing around the city mm. uh, pushing them out from the enjoyment of the city and i think this uh, this yeah. covid has changed the locals uh, perception of the city so everybody's now uh, onto this staycation everybody's running around staying in hotels throughout the city and they uh, yes. re- rediscovering and enjoying the city so wherever you go yes. now you and find the, little pop-up restaurants appearing you find and the disney hotels are very full because they're so popular for staycations well and and so is and so is the uh, the hired hotel in the in the north point ferry pier so so is the um, um, the Overlaw Hotel in, in Wong Chuk Han. So is you know you can pick any hotel that has some character in some part of the of the city, and people are enjoying it. Then people are then started to rediscover and enjoy the surroundings. They then start spending the money, and they start and there, these and these little one, bubbles and, one point, and little centres become you, one of popular. The, one of the listeners mm-hmm. emailed and said that you talked about cheap tourism, but one of the readers listeners called in about. Uh, how expensive it was. So I, I think we need to be clear: is is Hong Kong Disneyland cheap tourism or is it expensive tourism? For for the, for a local person to go and spend a, a day and a weekend to go and spend his money, it is it is expensive. For somebody who travels from overseas to come over uh, from from across the boundary to make a specific visit, it is it it may not be that expensive In other words, because you they're tend coming to spend over more when you're on holiday. Then yeah. then 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 you're on your Saturday and your the Sunday. The government's yeah. argument has always been, of course, that, that there were a lot of people uh, employed uh, in tourism uh, in Hong Kong. I was just checking the figures. Here, the last one I've seen is 6.6% of the workforce are involved in mm-hmm. uh, are involved in tourism. There are, and but course, it's hardly, it's it's hardly true, climbing It's also up. true that a lot, a lot of those people are less skilled people as well. And, right. Uh, it, it, it opens all kinds of opportunities for, well, it, for it, op- it opens all kinds of questions as to why we have so many low-skilled people and why don't we educate them better? Because you'll always have so, less, you'll always have so less many, skilled people, right? So, so you know, is it is, you know is the objective to to maintain low standards of education and have lots of unskilled jobs, or to move up the value chain? No, the, the objective is to accept the reality that there will always there be will, lower-skilled people. There will always be some, and they yes. will always need a, a job. Yes. Yeah, um, or welfare to, to, to support them. Right. Uh, because, you know, as, as things get more automated, uh, for example, self-service checkouts, you need fewer people in supermarkets to supervise right. that. Um, if you look at uh, the UK, 
Um, the, the cost of labour in supermarkets is much higher because of their higher minimum wage and there are much more uh, self-service checkouts than you get in Hong Kong. There, if you look in the parks in Hong Kong, uh, with, uh, they're nearly all swept manually with brushes um, uh, because if we didn't uh, have those people doing that, they would be on welfare anyway, probably. So uh, we don't automate that with uh, machines that could do it five times faster. Whereas, and, and Mickey Mouse is not um, automatic either. Uh, don't follow you. He's not automated. Therefore, that job will always be done. Oh, you mean Disneyland? By a human being. Yeah. Well, just Disneyland can be can be to some extent automated. But the point is, is you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, uh, try to micromanage the economy and centrally plan it like the mainland does and had tried for many many years, um, and and assume the government knows best how we should allocate land. All the creative ideas we've heard this morning about what to do with the site from, from uh, listeners uh, indicate that uh, one clear thing is that we should let the market decide based on how much they're willing to pay for bits of land as to what the land should be used for, not have the government say this must be a budget hotel and this must be a data centre and so on, which ends up with a suboptimal use of land where the government's decided that we should be in a particular sector. Um, and one, that's one of the problems. They, I mean, look at Kai Tax site, rather than just have open um, auctions without uh, restriction on use, other than uh, industrial, say, um, uh, they've said, no, that must be a budget hotel here and there. And, and that means that they are allocating land for a suboptimal purpose, in this instance, to attract low-budget tourists to Hong Kong, rather than making us a premium destination for high-end shopping and other things where you might have fewer overall tourists in number spending more each uh, and, and overall benefit to the economy. Uh, and and that's, uh, you know, that's central planning for you. Okay. Um my suggestion, creative suggestion, for what it's worth, is for a, is for an area for uh, old people, an old people's town. Hmm. Uh, you could do it low rise, and you can have medical facilities there, and you can have retail and things like this, and you can have a very nice environment and for, for people like us. And for as long as they can walk, they can cross the road into Hong Kong Disneyland, and it's uh, it's it's connected by the, the roller coaster. But it's, but yeah. it's you know not and, best for commuting, but that's fine because it's, it's much a, cheaper nice for senior citizens. Well, it's 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 very um, fares yeah. almost entirely. You only pay two dollars instead of forty dollars. But okay. the successful, but Penny's Bay would be if if it and, and when you develop it for uh, residential, it would be uh, similar to an to a Discovery Bay. It is an enclave. It is uh, it is well connected and in, in, even better than Discovery Bay in this case because it has an MTR line. But it is an enclave and it is somewhat uh, uh, a step away from the from the core yeah. centre. So it will attract young families with kids that can bicycle around and they don't have to. Work worry about cars and it will attract elderly people who like to uh, walk quietly and, and, and be in a pleasantly designed environment. You can of course, you could, uh, better than Discovery Bay, you could ensure that the, wel the welfare and health facilities are, are strengthened yeah. so that you basically attract some more elderly people. I mean, Penny's Bay will be a fantastic opportunity and, and, and reduce the reliance on, on, on the need for, uh, for doing additional reclamation. Okay. Uh, some suggestions Richard II in an email says, Our house is on fire, our ecology is collapsing. 
people are significantly changing their patterns of behaviour and values as a result of COVID and you want to go back to a situation that's largely contributed to all this. Hello? That comes from Richard II. Uh, Alan says, I've lived in Hong Kong since about 1990. Never visited Disneyland, too expensive for me. I don't have any great ideas about the adjacent land, except don't give it to Disney. Hmm. I know that casino is a terrible idea. Casinos equals crime and corruption. It's a universal law. Even without law-breaking, there's terrible corruption of society. The promoters play up glamour, foreign millionaires dropping bundles. The reality is local working-class people in droves pushing their salaries into poker machines. 99% that the government will make it into some disco bay stroke cyberport-style development, expensive flats for sale to the upper crust and speculators with the pretext of tourism, technology, whatever, that never amounts to anything. That is uh, from uh, Alan. Well, you don't have to do that. I mean, you don't have to set a theme for it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it could be, as, as Discovery Bay, it could be a great living environment, but you would have to put in a percentage of public housing yeah, and not just make that. it all, all private housing. I mean, that's the, that was the plan obviously for or provide for public mental right. vouchers okay. so people can or, or, or <laughs> indeed recent. all right uh, uh s says mike for disney even when it was being discussed 20 years ago i thought it was a goofy idea especially when the government had to pay for all the infrastructure and bear continuous losses if disney was a world-class feature then why did it not pay for its own costs that is uh from uh s uh, LK says, even if the site is vacated, what assurance would we have that the government will actually release the site to the market? Their usual strategy is to hoard land until it reaches some ludicrously high reserve price, ensuring that the only viable property to build is luxury property. That's uh, from uh, LK. Uh, Jay says, because of labour restrictions, you can't hire people casually uh, easily. Uh, Max L says it's been a very entertaining back chat episode this morning but it wasn't a fair fight David and Paul were armed and ready the other participants less so next time I suggest you find someone who's capable of taking the other side of the argument and in this case there may not be another side well John John Epp and Brian King are uh, always armed uh, to call for more tourist facilities yes Mm -hmm. it's just a very difficult thing to argue for (laughs) (laughs) but uh, Max says uh, style points to Mike Rouse for maintaining his sense of humour and not rising to David's baiting. That's, <laughs> that's from, from Max. Thank you very much indeed for that. A uh, couple more uh, comments. Uh, Colin says, uh, thanks to Big Ears, uh, Mickey Mouse and Humpty Dumpty for entertaining us this morning. Please leave it to Alice in Wonderland to sort things out on Fantasy Island. <laughs> that's from uh, Colin. And uh, John says... The land should be used as a mausoleum for Mickey Rouse and his colonial crones to remind future generations of policy misadventures. That uh, is from uh, John. Uh, thank you very much indeed for but, that. But NLK, he, he is yeah. right, of course. There is no guarantee that the government is going to uh, move on the, uh, getting the land out in the market at, at, under the current circumstances. Uh, you'll see that they're holding back on land resources uh, until um, until there's more uh, Well, they're, they're going to expand the quarantine camp at the moment. So, you know, until until they're absolutely sure they won't need it, they're going to keep expanding that. And, that. and that is another constraint. But they definitely have uh, no intention at the moment to really push land sales very hard as the... Uh, 
as the markets are uh, softening quickly. Okay. Well, thank you both very much indeed for joining us. Thank you for all the uh, emails and, and comments uh, as well this morning. Uh, uh, David Webb, I think you wanted to stay on. To, 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 if I may. Uh, uh, please, please do. Your thoughts welcome on the second topic today we wanted to cover in the remaining uh, 20, uh, sorry, 11 minutes or so uh, of the programme. The uh, or government said yesterday that uh, the two leading uh, supermarket chains, Park and Shop and Welcome, must be more transparent over how they use their part of the government wage subsidy it is to help uh, the needy. Uh, joining us for comment now is uh, Gilly Wong, Chief Executive of the uh, Consumer Council. Ms Wong, good morning to you. Good morning, Thank you much indeed for, morning, for, for joining us today. Uh, okay, this is uh, an email from Jay who says, uh, supermarkets are a disgrace to the public. They should be fined if they abuse the government handouts. The public want the prices of food reduced, not to be put up or down on discounts. We, the public, are not stupid. And as for a raffle and coupons, this does absolutely nothing for the in-betweeners in Hong Kong who don't receive anything. It's probably the wealthy who spend more money and get more coupons and better chance of winning the raffles. That comes uh, from Jay. Uh, I think the supermarkets uh, would say, well, we haven't abused the uh, government handouts. Uh, We were given this opportunity and we uh, took advantage of it in... uh, just according to the to the rules, uh, and now suddenly everyone's <laughs> dumping on us. Do you feel any sympathy for them? Well, um, uh, frankly, you know, uh, uh, your voice is very low when I hear from the phone. But uh, I try to guess, you know, what exactly uh, the question is. I, I think, you know, um, for a large corporation like uh, the supermarket chain, um, under this kind of economic climate, especially we are facing the pandemic, uh, people are expecting. Um, the different organizations will exercise their corporate social responsibility to do more to support um, the public right now, especially those underprivileged and also um, those uh, even middle class, you know, they are also really tight uh, in their wallet uh, because some of them, you know, has lose their job or maybe suspend their job. So uh, without any income or less income, uh, everyone, you know, the spending power will be uh, lesser than before. Um, so what we expect is, apart from the uh, job protection scheme, that uh, the, the extra money that the supermarket can get and then that we reimburse or maybe uh, um, support the um, the public, you know, um, making use of the, um, 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 the the subsidy, you know, that they receive, we would expect, you know, the uh, supermarket can do more um, to support the, uh, the public by offering more discount and also uh, um, cut the uh, uh, cutting um, the um, uh, the price, you know, from uh, the the overall bill uh, as far as possible. Um, uh, that's you know the most uh, easy and uh, Gilly, most feasible way, you know. To Gilly, help I'm completely baffled by this. The whole scheme was designed to help uh, companies that were hard hit by the pandemic, who were more likely to let go of staff, to encourage them to retain those staff. Now, whatever the merits of that. And, the supermarkets are not hard hit by the pandemic. So I, I'm, I simply can't understand why they're getting this money at all. Yeah, oh, so the issue of Because pain- that's the government's scheme. I mean, it's their, it's their scheme, their rules. OK, uh, as I wrote in April, I predicted this. All right, I said the supermarkets are going to do very well out of this. But, and, and any employer should claim because they're, otherwise they're not uh, serving their shareholders right. 
Okay, it's it's a crazy way to give back reserves. They should have just given money to people who had been forced out of work because restaurants were closed, gyms were closed, or whatever. A furlough scheme, in other words, that, that the UK government did. But instead, oh. they paid companies without question... Um, uh, half of the salary is up to 9000 per month, uh, total salary 18000 um, for six months. I'm an employer of one person. I claimed, OK, I've got my $54,000. I'm not being told to give out vouchers to anyone. And if you're going to have such a crazy scheme, all right, then why subsequently use it for political purposes by, by um, hitting on two big supermarket chains? Now, we know... Uh, anecdotally, that they seem to have rather large market shares, and you have, as a consumer council, have argued for a competition law, which we've now got, and perhaps that could be looked at by the Competition Commission as to whether, in fact, they are dominating or abusing their dominant position. But the, the, you can't then subsequently apply new rules and pick on two companies individually, which the government is doing, and not, say, pick on the China Resources supermarket chain controlled by the mainland government. They okay. have outlets here. What about Fortress, right. Electronics, IKEA? Why don't you go after all the other retailers and demand that they hand out vouchers? And if you do, then aren't you going to say that you're, um, by forcing them to lower their prices, they're undercutting the small retailers who, okay. who should be helped? All right, Gillian? I think um, you are, there are a lot of voices already you know, in the past about why the supermarket applied for this uh, subsidy scheme. Because as you rightly point out, because they their should. business has gone up rather no, than gone if, down. If there are no conditions on it, the then you apply. you apply. Yeah, first of all, uh, fundamentally, and many people question about why did they apply. First of all, the government uh, job subsidy scheme, um, the whole thing you know, is trying to help the public as far as possible. So um, they don't want to make a very complicated rule. I mean, it's the rule, most inept scheme ever designed as a, as a means of trying to uh, protect the unemployed. It's the worst scheme I've ever seen. And, and the government now realises this and is now trying to cover its arse, basically, by uh, in, in, imposing additional demands, but picking on two companies that it knows will be um, populist uh, in its approach and not picking on any other um, retailer of food, which has done just as well during the crisis, or any other retailer of electronics or sofas. I mean, the, 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 you know, you, you can't, as a government, pick winners or, or losers in this way by penalising people for applying for their right. entitlements under a crazy scheme. Gilly, Gilly Wong, they're, they're not charities. They're not public facilities. They are companies who are making a legitimate... Well, um, no one would say, you know, you shouldn't make any profit because you're a business, but uh, when we look at... The, because what we zoom into, what they what they're doing right now, there are a lot of ambiguities and also there are, even when you announce, you know, certain scheme, it may not be at the benefit of the public. So that's why uh, we, we can continue to criticize on the past. But right now, at this moment, we are having some announced scheme from the two supermarkets. Yeah. But they're not, they're not there to be welfare agencies. The government is there to do that. If poor people can't afford food, it's the government's job to make sure that they can by giving them more money. It's not the supermarket's job to try and adjust their prices and then have a special price for people on welfare or something. That's well, it um, depends, because when we, when we look at the same chains, uh, having global business, when they're in another market, they're offering six-month discount. 
um, to that market by reducing almost, you know, on average, 20% of the, of, the, of the prices of their products. So it doesn't mean that, you know, from a supermarket standpoint, you know, it cannot be done in our market. It, it may not be the same level of discount, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you can offer better discount, especially when we are talking about when we, when we keep on monitoring the price uh, from the supermarket. In the past few months, all the uh, major popular items that um, uh, people purchase frequently, for example, rice, uh, instant noodles, uh, candied foods and infant formula, etc., the offer that we enjoyed in the past, you know, almost all has gone. And also well, some of the certain products... They're priced in a competitive market. Well. Hang on, hang on. A it couple depends. Of, some, some emails. Uh, KLC says, uh, those luckily hit the jackpots in the lucky draw may not need this peanut monetary help. Uh, while those for lo those losing out may need this small sum earnestly, this luck draw is a bad approach for returning the government COVID money back, not even-handed. Uh, S, uh, oh sorry, no, um, yeah, here's one from Colin, who says there is one simple solution: parking shop and welcome should give the government handouts back to the Hong Kong government. It's a disgrace they even claimed the government handout in the first place. That comes uh, from Colin um, Gilly Wong, as I understand it. So, 90% of the of the rebates will be uh, given back uh, in cash and meal coupons, uh, and uh, a lot of this will go for for parking shop. Uh, half of the uh, uh, so sorry, like eighty one million dollars will come as meal vouchers to underprivileged groups, and about forty percent will be given as cash coupons through a lucky draw, and ten percent given to to uh, frontline staff. So that you know they can argue that they are sharing out the money. Some of it will go to underprivileged groups. Uh, some will go uh, as uh, cash coupons for. Uh, for uh, under for for the general public to to take a chance because that's the you know they're distributing 32 million people among everybody in Hong Kong that seems a reasonable way to do it doesn't it they're they're sharing it out. Well, those are taxpayer money. The the, the money you know that they're giving out is taxpayer money. That's yes, but they're giving it to every uh, employer in Hong Kong without uh, without any. Uh uh, rules. And why should they now subsequently say that two particular companies can't have it or must have it only on certain conditions? Well, I, I Isn't that basically imposing a higher... You know, whether the government requesting the two supermarkets to do so is right or wrong, but fundamentally, um, the, well, that's the issue here. by itself is, is fair to different industries, because if you are picking, picking on different industries... What about other food ratios? ...making money, who's not making money, you know, the whole subsidy... It's not means-tested. ...will not be fast enough to support the, the public. But what we are seeing right now at this moment, since, you know, the current state is they apply for the subsidy scheme, they get the money and the government requests for it and they accept this condition to apply for it's it. It's a request, and they right? Are a request, you know, but it doesn't matter, you know, they get the money already. And right now, you know, they, announce, they, they have announced, you know, the scheme that uh, they, uh, they decide to do. So we are at the moment um, to comment on what um, the, the, those schemes, you know, whether it's helpful to the public and also what are the details, you know, that we should ask for to increase the transparency of the scheme. Don't, think, don't, don't forget about one thing is uh, we would trust that, you know, no matter what are the schemes, you know, that um, are, are presenting to the public right now, it's trying to help, you know, we, we believe, you know, in this good intention, but it doesn't mean that, you know, all these schemes are perfect. There are what, many areas that you know, are transparent what, enough, you know, for, for people to understand, and that's why, you know, we, are, we can't in support. A, in what, effect, would you, what, what would you do with this? What would you do with the scheme, Gilly Wong? How would you give the money back? 
Well, for for example, you know, uh, no, no, what what I would like to do is to comment on the current, you know, uh, um, scheme, you know, mm-hmm. they're having. For example, lucky draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no objection about the lucky draw, but what we have to remind the lucky draw is it is not something people would perceive as a direct way to support the people to offload their financial pressure. Um, this is, you know, probably people perceive it as trying your luck, you know, kind of uh, promotion. So, but one thing, you know, that we want to remind. Um, the supermarket chain is, first of all, you know, every time when, um, when we have a mega lucky draw, we observe in the past and learn from the, uh, the, the past that there are certain lucky draws, you know, the system is not really well designed, that create a lot of hassles to the public to participate. We don't want to turn a happy game to become a hassle to the public. So that's a reminder to the supermarket chain. And secondly, it's about the privacy. Uh, the Privacy Commission has already released uh, a statement reminding the supermarket chain to make sure that they comply with the, with the privacy ordinance. And thirdly, uh, this is from the consumer protection point of view, it's very important about the elderly protection because they are, the elderly will be probably interested in winning this kind of uh, cash voucher from the supermarket. But on the other hand, they may not be very good at registering on the web. So they may ask other people to help them. Uh, we don't want to have unscrupulous people take advantage of this, uh, of this moment um, to abuse uh, the elderly in acquiring their privacy data, personal data. So this is one more reminder, you know, we want to put forward to the public. Uh, furthermore, um, think about, you know, the other uh, announced scheme, which right now the government has already said that it will not be part of the scheme. It's about uh, 300 different uh, products that uh, will, be, will have price frozen. Um, what we believe is that it requires more transparency about what kind of products that are uh, presenting for having uh, the price uh, being uh, frozen, um, uh, how popular they are, whether uh, it is a house brand or other brands, and how people can easily assess, you know, what are the 300 items that you're talking about, um, the current price point, and also what kind of price level that you are referring to when you freeze the price. These are the more details uh, that, you know, the public will deserve you know to know more about aren't you concerned if they freeze prices they won't pass through any uh, savings they make when um, you know vegetables go down in price for example if you, if you freeze it, it works both ways. Okay, we're, we're, we're out of time. We'll leave that well, for the moment. Uh, I'm sorry, we are, we're completely out of time. Gilly, one thing very much. It highly indeed. depends on you know, how, you, how you calculate the average, uh, the, the, the price point, you know, that um, you want to freeze it. Okay, Gilly, one thank you very much indeed for joining us, Chief Executive of the Consumer Council. And many thanks to, to uh, David Webb there. Uh, Martin, in an email, says, I, for once, have to agree with David Webb. Close Disney and develop it into housing. 20 years of losses have proven that it's a failure. By converting Disney into housing, it will make the Eastland Town metropolis unnecessary. As for the commercial agreement with Disney, the timing couldn't be better. The US is stepping up its trade war and sanctions against China and Chinese companies, including Hong Kong, trying to completely decouple. Under this circumstance, why not decouple from Disneyland? If China would run a theme park in the US... Trump would have declared it a national security threat a long time ago. That is uh, from Martin. And S says if Disney is allowed to stay in the areas around it allowed to develop, will Disney be allowed to have the fireworks show every evening which will contribute to noise and uh, air pollution? Uh, Nig says, I question Mike Rouse's eligibility to even participate in this discussion when he won't wear a mask at the height of the pandemic. 
Um, not sure but the, <laughs> the uh, uh, logic there. Anyway, uh, Andrew says, uh, why not build something for the Hong Kong people and not tourists, some sports and natural park with, for example, dedicated mountain biking routes in the hills nearby with a sailing and water sports centre and perhaps some kind of environmental animal park and petting zoo built to world-class standards to teach local kids on all the wonderful benefits of engagement with animals and nature. That's uh, Andrew's suggestion. Thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you to all our guests. Mike, thank you very much indeed for joining Oh. Us once again. Yes, I, I can't get escape from Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be with you till the end. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. The weather just before we go, mainly cloudy with a few showers, maximum temperature about 29 degrees, moderate to fresh easterly winds and the outlook occasional showers in the next couple of days too. 27 degrees at the moment and a relative humidity now of 83%. To prevent burglary, install CCTV with high definition, night vision, and dynamic alert functions. And ensure that it is working properly. Always be alert. Report crime promptly. Keep crime scene evidence and CCTV footage for police investigation. With security measures in place, thieves have nowhere to hide.